Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Friday PM. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, for all those faithful viewers, we welcome you. For all the ones that are just joining, you're missing out. So you better catch up quickly and may the Lord bless you as you view today. I'm alone here, but not that alone because I am joined uh, online by a very, very special man. A person that's been a friend of our ministry that goes back many, many decades, actually, um, with the leader and founder of Vinesong, John Watson. So we welcome Sumner Mehring from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Sumner, you're so welcome. Good evening. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's so great that you made the time. Sumner, he's a busy man. And uh, I'll just tell him a little bit about you, Sumner. And uh, I'll just tell him the good stuff, shall I? You know? We'll just yeah, let's we'll save that part. <laughs> well, great. Uh, Sumner is uh, he's a businessman and he's president of the Vinesong U.S. Board. He's been uh, serving there for many years. And he, as I said, he goes back several years with John and his friendship. And uh, he's a gifted man of God. I can say that some other Bible says, let someone else tell tell your gifts. And so uh, I know you give glory to God, but Sumner is a gifted worship leader gifted, extremely gifted musician. So Samna, just a privilege to have you here with us today. Thank you again. Uh, of course, oh, forgot to mention Pamela, Samna's wife, Pamela. She's our faithful supporter as well. Pamela, hi, and bless you. I'm sure you're watching today, especially. Well, Samna, going back to the, the years where you met John, uh, it was in, in California, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, what... What an amazing journey you have. Before we, we talk about our, our subject today, which I believe you're very qualified to do, um, I was just blown away always, Sumner, by your journey. Uh, and it's a special one indeed, because here you were, uh, a young person. I don't want to tell you, I, I, I'm, I'm going to mess it up, okay? I'm going to let you just go for it. Um, just tell us how, how that journey started for you and and your musical gift, and obviously somewhere along the line you realize that you've got a musical gift and, and it got recognized. Yeah, well, for me, I think the journey would actually begin when I was a child. I, uh, I attended a kind of a formal Presbyterian church, and I always remember looking up in the stained glass window at Jesus. And I had a great you know, opinion of him, but I didn't know him personally. And even though my family went to church, for me, it was uh, kind of routine in a way. I didn't understand anything about being born again. The family didn't spend time praying in the home. So uh, it was kind of love from afar. Uh, but then high school got involved. And after a while, we stopped going to church. And I kind of ended up in a pursuit after some college to pursue a career in music. And when I say music, I mean rock and roll. <laughs> I ended up moving to Los Angeles uh, put a band together. The next thing you know, we're playing clubs constantly and eventually got signed to Electra Asylum Records. So here I am knee deep in this rock and roll career. I had a, a friend who had lived in New York who moved back to LA. His name was Leo Gorsi. He was a roommate for a while there. This is probably 1981. And I recall he had a pretty interesting experience with God, almost by himself with the Lord. Later on, he ended up at a church called The Vineyard and realized that God had really touched his heart and he was born again. So Leo starts sharing the Lord with me, and I'm just doing my musical career. But 
there are a lot of things that he had to say about Jesus and about a personal relationship that kind of touched my heart. He, one time he talked about inviting Jesus into your heart, and that was something new for me. <laughs> I remember driving down the road after he said that one day saying, Lord, if you're out there, you could come into my heart. But I kind of just said it in passing. And then I must tell you that what really brought me into the kingdom was God gave me a dream. I was, uh, I think it's the last Sunday of, or last Saturday of August, 1981. I woke up in the morning and I told Leo, I said, Leo, I had this amazing dream. I'm in this car. I've got the girlfriend up in one seat, but this dark figure is driving the car. I'm in the back seat. They're playing a song I wrote called Radioland, but the car's going nowhere. And Leo said, God's talking to you. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, that's your life. It's not going anywhere. The devil's driving the machine. You're stuck. God wants to reach out to you. He wants you to come into the kingdom. And I remember at that moment saying, well, if I want to find out if this is the real deal, the only way I'm going to find out is if I enter in. So we prayed that day. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I said to myself, I'm going to do everything I can to, to live this life to discover God. So a week later, I was baptized in the Pacific Ocean. And then two weeks later, I end up at this Bible study. I think it was Woodland Hills at Andre Crouch's house. And John Watson was there. He was holding this Bible study. And his father was visiting from out of town, who was also a missionary. And I remember that in the middle of that study, toward the end, they all gathered around me, laid hands on me, and began to pray. And the next thing you know, I am filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in new tongues. <laughs> Two weeks into the Lord, and I'm lit up like, like a kite going, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is not only something you read about, but this is a personal experience. So from that day forward, it's pretty exciting. I kind of plugged into the ministry John had there as part of the vineyard. Uh, we were doing meetings. I think I was in meetings five nights a week, it seemed like. But that really got me started in my walk with God. And it also brought John Watson and I together. And he was a mentor to me from that day till now. So it was a uh, pretty radical experience. After a few months, I decided to take a pause in the rock and roll career. And the next thing you know, uh, I'm leading worship at churches. Wow. Samna, now you, you, you're being very humble about uh, your, your achievements, but uh, really there was such a, a liking for what you did and people were lining the block. I mean, you guys, you were about to launch into, into the secular career. And was it, was it difficult to leave? Was it a difficult choice or, or did God make it easy for you? I, you know, I had to trust God in terms of how I was going to live because that's how I made my living. But it wasn't a difficult choice in many ways. I remember uh, after, after that event and receiving the Lord and being filled with the Spirit, I was playing a concert, Knott's Berry's Farm, which is an amusement center in Southern California. And I remember looking out at the crowd and we were doing our songs and we were kind of a high energy band. And the next thing you know, everybody started swarm dancing and a fight broke out. Oh. And the police had to come and break up the fight. And I remember looking out going, is this the fruit? of the career that I have, mm. I think I need to take a second look at this. I, I ended up singing a song right after that called Turn for the Best, a song I wrote about 
You may make a turn. It may look like you're not knowing where you're going, but it's a turn for the best. And I sang that song. I turned around to the band. I said, that's the end of the set. And that was the last time that we played as that band. And from there, that's when I plugged into church. So yeah, I had something to leave, but I was so excited about what I was entering into that it was not a difficult decision. Sumner, and then after this, you started, as you say, your journey and, and this wonderful walk with the Lord. And we're talking a little bit about prayer today. And in the beginning stages, especially when it came to your prayer life and being in the presence of the Lord, was this something that comes naturally or was it something that you had to work for and work at? Yeah. I don't know if I'd use the word work, but I sure had to understand a little bit more about this relationship with God. Because when you come to the Lord, you do bring in a lot of preconceived ideas. And I think I, my relationship with God in the beginning, um, I might have had a bit of a formal relationship, seeing my life in the world and then a life at church, or then a life when I'd spend prayer time. And over the years, I think what God has shown me is how much He is really there with me every moment of every day. And that this prayer and communion with God is not necessarily this set time, but it's something that you can enjoy throughout your day. And I do have times for prayer. You know, I have my morning time. I have other times I could share a little bit later of how God has led me today. But I know back then, uh, I, I probably had a bit of a legalistic approach to how I was dealing with my prayer life. And it has since grown into a much more fluid life where it's kind of like a moment by moment with God, whether I'm on a call, talking to a client, taking a pause, thinking about them, whether it's morning or evening or lunch or wherever it is, God is close. You know, when you think, people think about getting in his presence, what do I have to do to get in his presence? He's made it so easy. Hmm. When I think about how when we came into Christ, we came into him, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's pretty close. He's, you're right there seated with him. And then he goes, well, that's not enough. I'm now going to live inside you. So I'm going to take my spirit and put the Holy Spirit in there. And God is going to be living on the inside of you. And I went, wow, he has made it so easy for us to commune with him. Sumner, you, you're touching on something here that you say it, it, it's so easy, but I know there's one or two people perhaps that are listening to us and you, you might think to yourself, I don't find it that easy. It's not, it's, it's not easy for me. I, I sometimes don't know what to do. I sometimes feel a little awkward. Uh, how, do I, how do I get closer? Uh, Sumner, maybe what kind of pulled you into his presence more? What is something that we can do in our prayer life that, that can make it a more a daily, a, a, an active thing, not a, not a once in a week thing, not a, not a twice a week or a five times a week, but every second of every day that, 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 that we do have some sense of his presence. Yeah, I got to tell you, knowing him, knowing what he's like has really made all the difference in that. In fact, it's so interesting, Daniel, when you first sent me an email about setting up this interview, I was studying for a teaching that I plan to be doing in another week or so. And it's about the throne of grace. And that scripture, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to share a little bit about what I discovered in that verse that really kind of sums up what we're talking about, about having that comfort and that peace about coming unto God. First off, the whole idea of grace. A lot of people will talk about grace as being the undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor of God. But I love the definition in the Greek. I think I wrote it down here so I could read it to you. It means favor, kindness, mercy, favorable towards, and this is my favorite part, leaning towards someone to share a benefit or a blessing. When you see God as leaning towards you with a benefit and a blessing, it is so much easier to approach him. When you see him as having this unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor for you, it is so much easier to come into his presence. And then in that verse, it says, let us come boldly. And I always thought, oh, that's bold, like bold like a lion. The, the, the definition there has to do with freedom of speech, being able, it's called all outspokenness, letting it all out. When you know that God says, I want you to come to me and let it all out. I don't care if it's your apprehension, your anger, your bitterness, your joy, whatever you've got on your heart, you can let it all out before me. And I'm going to respond with this grace leaning towards you to give you a benefit. And I think when you see coming to the throne of grace, it's not the throne of judgment, by the way. It's the throne of grace that we approach. And in that presence with him, Look what he says he does. He says, I'm going to give you mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, but getting what God has planned for you. And then he says, I'm going to help you. And that help, another night word, it talks about critical assistance. It meets an urgent situation, delivering everything you need. So when I study that verse, and I hope everybody that's listening, take some time reading that you're supposed to come boldly with all out spokenness with an openness to God. And he's going to lean towards you to give you a blessing and a benefit and give you mercy and meet your need. I hope if you see God that way, it's so much easier to approach him. Mm. Samna, what are things that you think are, are holding people back from having that approach? Some people are maybe with you disillusioned or have the wrong image of God. And I think what you're helping us to understand is who God is really, that, that, that yeah. his nature is all inclusive, that it doesn't matter what you've done, he doesn't want to lose that fellowship with us. So what are things that can hold people back? There might have been times where you felt a little hindrance or where we feel, Lord, is there something? But there might be someone that's really stuck in that place, whether it's fear or whatever. What, what do you think can help, can hold us back in that? Yeah, I think a lot of this does have to do with this idea of grace. I know that when I came to the Lord, we all, we all know that you are saved by grace through faith unto salvation. Everybody understands that. In fact, when I came to the Lord, I knew it was the grace of God. It sure wasn't my rock and roll life that got me in the game. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I knew that he gave me this undeserved favor upon me. The blood of Jesus cleansed me. I knew my sins were forgiven. But then so often what happens is we enter the kingdom by receiving that grace. And then we go, okay. Now I've got to deserve it. Now I have to earn it. Now I have to do everything just right so I can please him. And we forget the great scripture in Colossians says, as you have received him, so walk in him. 
You received him by grace through faith. Now walk daily receiving his unmerited favor through faith unto wholeness and unto salvation. So I, it took a while, I must say. For me, it was years to kind of get this more legalistic view of God and beginning to see him as the loving God he is. Remember, he is love. And the more I understood about God's grace towards me, not just in my initial salvation, but in my daily life, the more I fell in love with him, the more I wanted to spend time with him, and the more I began to enjoy that grace and that love. And so, yeah, it, it took some time. You kind of have to overcome some hurdles you may have. A lot of it is just preconceived ideas about God. Again, it's not the throne of judgment. We come to the throne of grace. He's already judged your sins. Mm. Wow, powerful, Samla. Oh, amazing that you read that that this week. I'm so happy we could give you like a, a, a nice test run. The verse I was reading when you wrote me the email, and I went, okay, I guess I'm supposed to share this during the interview probably. Praise the Lord. I, I even heard Pamela shouting, shouting and uh, amen there from the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> she was okay, talking yeah. to a dog, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, she's agreeing either way. Oh, that was fantastic. Like, hey, man, I just heard her there. <laughs> and uh, some of them, obviously, the word of God as well draws us to his presence. Because I know you and Pamela constantly are, are reciting the word of God, reading the word of God, meditating on the word of God. Uh, that's also very important. There's been a hallmark. I'm so encouraged by your emails always. I'm saying something and you go, yeah, and this is what the scripture said, or this is what the word says. And I, it's been always a real foundational thing for me about your faith uh, based on the word of God. Amen. God is his word. It's, it's, it's what we have, aside from this invisible presence that we sense by him often. But the word is always there to help describe him and to describe how he feels about us. Hmm. And when you read the scriptures and you read about what he feels about his children, boy, he loves his kids. He loves us. He loves us so much. And understanding that love, like I say, has led to a freedom and also a joy in spending time with him in his presence. For someone who's not a, let's say, a real loud prayer, a, a prayer of someone who prays very loud or speaks very loud, some people say, well, I do pray, but, you know, I kind of just think it. Um, other people like to sing it. Other people really like to intercede. They got the gift of intercession. And I suppose there's no rights or wrongs, but there must be there is some things that can really help us to become better at this fellowship and at praying and expressing ourselves. What's something that you can give advice for someone who, who, who can be encouraged in that? The Bible says about all prayer, all types of prayer. As you and I were talking before we got started, you know, prayer, we could think of prayer, it is, it is this exchanging of wishes, if you look it up in the Greek, but it is a thing where we have an exchange where we're saying, Lord, we have a desire for this, and he says, here's my desire, and that, that's what prayer life is all about. But knowing what God desires really comes from knowing his word. And so I find that there's different prayers. There are prayers where you may just be crying out to God in pain, and you're not thinking about a lot of scriptures. You're just looking for comfort, and God will bring it. There's other times where you want to understand a situation, and you know that you can turn to his word for understanding about what his will is in the situation. His will is his word. 
You may have an affliction and you're going, is it God's will to heal? His word is so clear about that. Yes, it is. By his stripes, you are healed. I am the Lord that heals you. Amen. So when you have a need, understanding his will is understanding his word. And there's so much resources, so many resources available to even young believers to look up on the internet and look up what does God's word say about healing? What does God's word say about having your financial needs met? What does he say about relationships? What does he have to say about your kids? And once you understand his will, a lot of times when Pamela and I pray, sometimes we'll actually put a prayer list together where we'll say, we're going to pray for our kids and we'll write scriptures underneath the name of each child that we think apply to them, where God has expressed his will in that situation. And then we speak it out. So I do think you can have this silent communion with God, but prayer to me is giving voice to those, those needs as well as voice to those answers. Excellent. Such a good reminder to make a list, to, to have structure, to have, you kind of have a vision on that prayer. Lord, this is, these are my needs. This is what, this is what you and I are talking about today. <laughs> you know, this is on my heart. No, I think I just, I think I even have it on this table here. So this, this is seven pages of the prayer list that we, uh, we turn to. It's, it's not every day. A lot of times we just pray what's on our heart. But we have scripture to back up almost everything we're praying for, because at some point we did put it together and put it on paper. Hmm. Sumner, so one thing on the practical side, I, I know you say you make time in the morning. So is it it does help to have a set time, like something that works for you, right? Yeah, um, I'll give you my quick schedule. I do get up in the morning. I think the first thing I usually say is I jump out of bed is acknowledging God. But then I've got the breakfast and the shower and all the other stuff. And uh, this has changed over the years. But currently with COVID, this has kind of been my schedule. And I'll spend about, I'll try to get about an hour in before I start work. And during that hour, it's a time for prayer. It's also where I do a lot of study because I am teaching this Bible study every week. So I, that's one of the great times where I get in God's word. But I, oh, this is where I read all about the grace of God and coming boldly to the throne. And if you start your morning reading all of that, boy, it helps you through the day. <laughs> but then after work, I come down for lunch. Pam and I get together after lunch, and we have some time of prayer there. We'll lift up some needs that we have, current things that are on our mind. We pray the prayer of agreement, and then it's back up to work. I do some work again, may pause and talk to God during that time. And then I have a very special time. After work, I take the dog for a walk. <laughs> I thought the outside the outdoors were coming. <laughs> Fresh air is great stuff, but I'm praying in the spirit for most of that walk. And it's also, that's really where I also have some great talk and conversation between God as well. Some of the prayers that I may have that are personal things that I just want him to reveal to me. I'm talking to him, but I'm praying a lot in the spirit. And when I come back for dinner, I've had this great, probably another almost 45 minutes to an hour of time with God praying in the spirit and talking to him. And then after dinner, Pam and I get together again. We usually talk about the day, but we also lift up the Lord in prayer. And then it's not unusual even before we go to bed. Sometimes we'll get out some scriptures and make those confessions over our life. But as you can see, even if you're working and you don't have some of the time that I'm just describing, you can take those pauses throughout your day yeah. to continually commune with God whether it's praying in the spirit, whether it's praying a scripture, whether it's telling him you feel horrible today and you need some comfort. He listens to all of that. 
That's so important, Anna. So important. I, I find sometimes, you know, a car or a vehicle is, is, is quite soundproof. You know, one can get a good amount of volume out there. No one knows. So good thing I sometimes before I turn the key, just say, all right, I'm just going to take a minute or two. And if I need to really, if I'm frustrated or there's something that I really say, Lord, this is, you know, I need this or, or this is, you know, I need a breakthrough in this area. Um, so for, for me, I agree with you. And and maybe for, for someone to find that place where you can really be yourself without wondering who's looking at me and I feel a little exposed, um, to find that, that secret place. The, the Bible does talk about go to your closet, doesn't it? Go to your go to your, go to your room. In other words, um, find a place where you can you can really be yourself, where you can express yourself without probably thinking someone's going to come in, or, or or that you can just just be alone and just just speak words without without having to be concerned about who's hearing it. Amen. Amen. And that morning time for me is where I feel like I the doors are all shut, just God and I. <laughs> Just the two of us, baby. But I, but I just want to also reassure people because I know there's, you know, working mothers out there that are going, Where? I don't have that kind of time, Sumner. And You're I'm right. saying, you know what? God's grace is even upon whatever time you have. And you find that little bit of time. It could be just a few minutes in the morning. You may take a pause again in the day, again at night. And you've got this crazy busy schedule with three kids in the house. But... Those little those times you spend, God will make them very valuable. He will use those to comfort you and to fill you up and to give you peace. Wonderful, Sumner. Just a quick one that you mentioned about praying in the Spirit. Um, can you explain what is the what is the benefit of that? Someone might say, "Oh well, you know, I do from time to time. It's not really my thing. I hear it on you know Pentecostal channels or whatever, whatever." What is the benefit? Well, the Bible says that when we pray in other tongues, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter, I think it's chapter 14, he says that it's not our minds, but our spirit prays. So you're actually, even though you're giving it words, you're praying in the spirit with your mouth, but it is your spirit praying. It's not something that your mind or at least not your conscious mind is engaged in. It's the unconscious part of your mind that is praying. And it's your spirit that is praying. And so if you want perfect prayers, praying in tongues are prayers from a spirit that is, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We've been created in true holiness and righteousness. We're praying those prayers to God. Sometimes I use also tongues as a form of intercession. Mm. When there are situations, the Bible says in Romans, you may not know how to pray, but you can pray in the Spirit. And again, the Spirit and the Holy Spirit in you that's giving you those tongues, they know all things, and they are praying those perfect prayers unto God. So even though we might not have that, hmm, I know you can ask God for interpretation. Sometimes you get it. Sometimes you're just praying in tongues, knowing that, the Spirit of God is giving you something to pray about. And you're interceding for what's around you. Mm. Just a last thought. Maybe for someone who, who have felt so guilty. I haven't been doing enough. I haven't, oh, Lord, I feel so bad. Surely, where do I start? It, it seems like a mountain. Yeah, thank you for the blood of Jesus. What else can I say? He, there's a great scripture that says that we are cleansed by the blood, but that word cleansed is not a one-shot deal. It's a verb that implies constantly cleansing. Mm. So even when you make mistakes, even if you do things that you think are quite egregious, 
I want you to know that the blood is good enough and it is constantly cleansing you of sin. You never end up in a place where you can't come before God. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. He sees you with your sins forgiven. And he loves you even when sins happen. The Bible says that sin may abound, but grace, God's undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor, superabounds much more. Oh, well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Where do I, how can I make an offering? Give, show me where. <laughs> Some of the wonderful, wonderful, powerful sharing that. What an encouragement. And uh, especially for someone who, who wants to pray more in the spirit, someone who, who feels, I want to be more, you know, enhancing that personal relation, that it's a relationship, that God's our Father. Many times our own fathers perhaps isn't, wasn't, wasn't the greatest examples. We feel some, so many times that's a hindrance. Because... Oh, I do say sometimes you could take that father image and confuse it with this father mm. who is the God of love. Yeah. So I'm going to close our time together. Why don't you pray for someone out there who needs to be encouraged for that closer walk and to stay more in His presence. Will you do that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you, Father. Well, thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. That's the first thing that we want to recognize, Lord, that you are with us. And you're not only with us, you are for us. And Lord, I pray that everyone that is listening to this interview and this time together, it's not about hearing me. I hope that they're hearing you. I hope they're hearing what you have to say. When you say, come boldly unto my throne, come open up and tell me everything that's on your heart and come to my throne, not of judgment, but of my throne of grace. Let me lean towards you in favor and mercy and give you a benefit and a blessing. Spend time with me. I'm here to help you and to fill you up. And Lord, I pray that anybody that may be dealing with difficulties in their life, we just pray in the name of Jesus that every listener here this evening, we pray in Jesus' name that those spirits that have come against them are bound and must go in Jesus' name. And they are set free to worship and to praise God without any hindrance. And Lord, I ask you to, to touch them. Let them know that you are with them tonight. Let them know that you care about them and you are on their side in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Samna, thank you for that prayer. Thank you for sharing your heart, for making the time. Praise the Lord. I know someone there is greatly encouraged by that. Thank you so, so very much. Hey, thank you. Been a pleasure. Samna, maybe a final thought? Um... All right, I'll surprise you. Oh, dude. This is going to be good. <laughs> oh, come on. I was hoping you're going to do it. This is a song that I wrote about being in his presence a few years ago, but I thought I'd, uh, I'll sing at least a portion of it. In the morning when I worship you, in the morning when I sing, you come to dwell inside the praises that I'm offering. In the morning when I talk 
remind me to face each day and I'll wait for you as you wait for me and I'll watch the sunrise through the trees and I call for you as you call for me and I then will race what's in between there's nothing to That verse goes on to say, in the morning when I cry, I need your touch, and all your amazing grace can supply. Oh, oh man, what a treat. I didn't want you to stop. I was just, I was just getting into it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. What a song. Is that a new song the Lord gave Not you? Not a few years ago. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I, that song, Jump Shout, is still my favorite. I mean, come on, baby. That one, that one gets you going. Oh, so I'm, I'm so happy you did. I didn't want to ask you, but in my heart, I was like, oh, man, I wish you could sing. Just, just to give someone just a hint, um, just your heart for worship and your, your amazing gift uh, of singing and playing. Uh, praise the Lord. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, thank you again. Praise the Lord. Well, praise God, everyone. Thank you for watching. And I know we are, have all been mightily, mightily, mightily blessed. If you haven't seen our worship session, it was a couple of weeks ago. Do yourself a favor, go on YouTube. There's been mighty testimonies. And this is not for us to have viewings and to look effective. We just know that the Lord will touch you and, and encourage you and lift your spirit as you watch that. So go on YouTube and you'll see the link there. Right, well, hopefully see you next time. Next week, same time, same place, on Friday p.m. God bless you. Bye-bye.